Hello and welcome to Big Kid. I am your host, KDC. And as always, I am so glad that you are here with me today talking about big feelings, big questions, and who knows, maybe we'll drop some fart jokes today. In this week's episode, I want to talk more about empathy, how we can teach empathy to our kids and how we can flex our empathy muscles more and maybe why empathy may be a hard feeling for you to drum up in yourself. I'm going to tell you the top four reasons why this may be happening. So are you ready? Let's get into it. So... As always, I was Googling definitions of the month's feelings, so this one being empathy, and one of the definitions that I stumbled upon that I love, that I also cannot pronounce, even with the help of Google Translate, still can't do it, but it's the German pronunciation. Empathy in German um, literally means feeling in which I thought was really powerful because when I think of empathy, I am also remembering Brene Brown's YouTube video. Um, Well, it's a YouTube video of Brene Brown's TED Talk that somebody animated. And I show this in a lot of my talks because I thought it encompassed um, the definition and the meaning of empathy so perfectly. And again, this is one that I show kids all the time and they <laughs> are able to really connect with it as well. So if you want to look up this video, head over to the blog post of this podcast episode and it will be up there. But you can also search it and it's just Brene Brown, Empathy versus Sympathy. And one of the things that the video says is that empathy drives connection where sympathy drives disconnection and the four qualities of empathy that uh, Brene Brown talks about is from Teresa Wiseman and the four steps are perspective taking so realizing that their truth may be different than yours Number two, staying out of judgment which you know is one of my favorite things to say no judgment at any time because I know that again the way that you think about a situation could be way way different from mine because of our life experience because of what we've been taught because of our history and thoughts right so I always try to say no judgment in situations as well so of course it's going to come up in empathy also number three is recognizing emotion in others so when i talk about active listening i always say listen for the feelings and this is how you recognize emotion in other people and then number four is communicating back to them what they are feeling because at the end of the day a lot of the time we just want our feelings to be recognized right? Just like our kids, they just want to be seen and heard. And when we're going through a tough situation, sometimes that's all we need as well. But that's the power of empathy is that to have somebody that can sit with you when you're in the highest of highs, we do that often, right? Birthday parties and celebrations, engagement parties, weddings, birthday parties. I said that already. I was thinking of like an adult birthday party versus a child's birthday party. But those are times that we 
bring people together to sit in that celebratory feeling. And then there are also times where we will bring together to sit in the suck, right? And I can think of memorial services and things like that. But how often do we actually just sit with people when they are going through the suck? Because that is another side of empathy. The cool thing about empathy, just like with any of these feelings that any feeling period is that it's always a choice. And so again, I practice empathy by using active listening. So I know personally for me, in my own rules for myself, one of the top ones is that I want to live a life of service. So for me, I recognize that as soon as I leave my house, most situations are no longer about me. And that's how I can show up with no judgment and how I can really show up in any situation that happens during the day because I know that it's not about me and that somebody may just need a hug or somebody to talk to and I am okay with that because I know how to decompress and take care of myself at the end of the day after talking to lots of people right and one of the things that I really had to learn was how to control being an empath because a lot of the time when I was still practicing this, it was hard not to really take on the feelings of the other people and then sit in the suck and then absorb the suck myself. Because when I was doing that, I would get home at the end of the day and be so drained and not be able to do anything because I have been taking on all of the feelings as an empath you can definitely become very drained so make sure that if you are like me and (coughs) want to give yourself to other people in that way you too could be an empath but again remembering that it's important that you set those boundaries for yourself or else you'll be completely drained and then it will be no good for anybody, right? Because then you won't be able to show up for other people the next day and you're letting yourself become so, so drained, right? You have to think of yourself like either a battery or even like a glass of water. And when you just keep, (coughs) excuse me, pouring out a little bit of yourself to other people's glasses, you will run out. So you have to also, again, make sure that you are refilling your glass and your battery with things that serve you also. What do I do as an empath and even sometimes as a life coach? Because my friends know this about me and so they will come to me always asking questions because I don't know how to fix things. How do I do this? What is the answer? as an empath, I always, and even as a questioner, I like to turn that around and ask them the exact same thing. Imagine that you had a friend that was coming to you with the exact same problem. What type of advice would you give them? This is how I was able to become more self-aware by asking myself, what type of advice would I give a friend in the exact same situation made me see my problems as more of an observer and not so, again, in the thick of shit, right? And again, sometimes it can be so much easier to see a problem when it's not your own. So by asking yourself, how can I solve this? 
if it was somebody else, what advice would I give them? This also helped me flex my empathy muscle because I was able to see a situation from a different point of view and it was able... I was able, sorry, I was able to see things again from a different perspective. And it's funny because when I was trying to learn about myself, I talked about this a little bit before where I started taking every type of personality test that I could find. And last month we were talking about love. So of course I found the love languages quiz where I was able to find out how I best received love, but also my favorite ways of giving love. I don't think you would be surprised knowing that I'm an empath that the way that I like to give and receive love the most is through quality time. (laughs) I also took the Myers-Briggs test and found out that I was an INFJ. So not only was I um, a lover for quality time, but within the Myers-Briggs personality test, I found out that I was also an INFJ. So introversion, intuition, feeling, and judgment. I am the advocate, which again may not surprise some people. Um, And then I also found the four tendencies and I found out that I was a questioner, which also makes sense. To have in a way like scientific fact behind my personality so that I realized that I wasn't just bananas and that everything that I was experiencing did have some type of (coughs) reasoning, I guess, behind it. (laughs) Everything just made sense in a way. And I'm also not advocating for everything on that page being 100% legit because that's also not true, right? And I used to think of, as a kid, um, getting Cosmo because obviously I read Cosmo as a child and not as an adult, but I would always look at the horoscope and ask myself, how is it possible for billions of people in the world to share the exact same astrological horoscope? And this is this was like my introduction to empathy in a way because I would always find Pisces and read mine first but then I would read the other signs and then I would try to figure out in my family and in my friends group who were these signs and then try to see their personalities and how they were right and how they were wrong but also how they were again it gave me some scientific proof or anything reasoning right I am always wondering about people and the decisions they've made and why they are doing things I think this also stemmed from my own trauma but I really wanted to understand people and this was how I started doing it in a really easy way so even with these different personality tests I would always read the other results It was important for me not only to learn about my own personality type, but I was also so interested at learning at the other people's results as well. And again, I know that I keep saying like, this is how it taught me empathy, but in a way it really did because I was able to understand why other people could be acting in this sort of way or where they could be coming from when they start to ask me a question. I'm like, okay, 
What is your life experience? What type of personality are you? What is your astrological sign? (laughs) Right? And again, that doesn't mean that they are going to be a Gemini through and through. But at the same time, like it still does answer some questions in a way, right? Very hooey, but definitely in a way it can help you understand another person. So I want to ask you, how do you talk and show empathy with your kiddos? Do you talk about it at the dinner table? How do we react to our kids in moments when they're trying to tell us about their lives? It's funny because we expect them to know things, especially my preteens and my teenagers, right? (laughs) We expect them to grow up and act a certain way, but it's important to remember that they have no clue. (laughs) Let me advocate for our kids for a second. We are feeling these feelings for the very first time. And to know what to do feels impossible, right? Crazy. The first time you feel heartbreak, heartache, oh my God, you think your life is over. Looking at everybody else around you, you believe that this is the only time this has been felt. Because if anybody else could feel this way, this much heartache and sorrow, they wouldn't be walking around. They would also be in the fetal position on their bedroom floor, right? They would be overeating and so upset and sad and nobody else looks that way. So there's no way in hell anybody could feel what you're feeling, right? A lot of the time for our kids, that is exactly what we're thinking. And to have somebody tell us that I felt exactly what you're feeling don't worry, things will be okay. That means nothing to me. I want to know how much it hurt you. (laughs) I want to know about your love. I want to know that you have felt this. So tell me how you felt it. Don't tell me just that it happened. That doesn't mean enough. I want more meat to the story. I want to know how it felt, what it looked like, what you did, right? Empathy is literally just sitting again in the suck with somebody else and that's okay I think of it like (laughs) one of my favorite movies is Princess Bride and when they're in the forest they get caught in sinking sand right and I feel like empathy is just two people sitting in sinking sand together like up to your belly buttons we're not sinking even more we are just sitting in the sinking sand slowly together And that's kind of it. So naturally, again, as a questioner, I definitely believe that asking our kids questions can help grow their empathy muscles as well. It was funny because just last weekend we were hiking with the kids and we had taken the really steep way up and there was a couple that was coming down. And when they passed us, they said, you're doing a great job. You're almost there. And One of the kids was saying, that was nice of them. It's good to know that we're almost there because this is really hard. And we just kept on walking. We got to the top. It was beautiful. Our little summit. (laughs) We could see our car in the parking lot. It was great. It was a great moment for all of us. And we sat. We had a snack. We enjoyed the view. And then we started to descend. And there were kids that we were passing and 
I kept trying to encourage them as well, telling them you're doing awesome, you're almost there. And my kids hate when I talk to strangers, but I always talk to strangers. So this is just another reason why they're always mad at me, right? And he had asked me, why are you saying that to people? Like, they don't need to know. You don't need to talk to every person. Like, why are you telling them this information? (laughs) And I asked him, okay, well, when we were going up, when those people were coming down and they told us that we were almost there, how did you feel? And he said exactly what empathy was. And it was just that because she knew what we were going into, it was nice to know that it was easy and that we were almost there. And I said that was exactly what empathy is. By letting them know and being encouraging that we have just been where they are going and they are almost there and that they can do it and just to be a little bit encouraging because we know how hard it was to get up there, that is how we can show empathy to other people. And it takes only like three words. You can do it, right? But it can mean so much to another person. And it was a fun hiking day where we saw great views and we had a great lesson about empathy and encouragement and reminding each other that we can do hard things. So I've given you a lot of information and ways that you can flex your empathy muscle. But if you feel like none of that is resonating with you and you're sitting there angry at KDC because none of this will work for me. I have four reasons why your empathy muscle is completely deflated. And I got this from a Huffington Post article online. And one of the first things that they mention is that because you're angry or it's contempt. And I definitely believe that this part could be true because instead of thinking again of, where a person could be coming from within the moment, we're making it in a way about ourselves because we're sitting in a I told you so dance or song in our heads and we're trying to lecture them and tell them why they should have done something instead of doing what they did, right? Like that is completely diminishing everything they are feeling and they are thinking. And when the actions have already been done, It doesn't help anybody talking about, again, all of the regret that they should be feeling. No, that will not work. And that will also hinder, or sorry, that will also hurt the relationship that you have with this person as well. So make sure that when you find yourself angry during a conversation, that you need to show more kindness to yourself, but most importantly, to the other person. Uh, The other reason why your empathy muscle is deflated is because you are protecting yourself. And it even goes into number four where you're just trying to avoid intimacy and the vulnerability of a whole situation. So again, by doing these two things, we're not able to let other people into our stories and our lives, but then we're also not really showing up for anybody else. And that can be very lonely. So make sure that when you are, 
again, talking with other people, what are the thoughts going on in your head? Is it, oh no, oh my goodness, am I protecting myself? Is it because I'm angry at this person? Is it because I see so much of myself in them that I know exactly what they should be doing and I don't want them to misinterpret what's going on and so I need them to act in a certain way right and when it comes to relationships this stuff can be really really difficult because we want people to act in a certain way but that is not how we can practice empathy and kindness to each other so anger protection identifying fear of intimacy these are your red flags that you need to practice empathy in those moments and that again you need to show more kindness to yourself and other people <clears throat> another way your kids could be learning about empathy in this classic day and age is on youtube and i know that's <laughs> we used to say there's an app for that i think the new thing is that there's a youtube video for that and even for myself, the YouTubers that I follow have gone through big breakups, big changes, big moves in their lives, and they document all of it, right? And they share their stories about all of these things. And it's an interesting way for our kids to learn empathy because they are open to so much more of the world than we have ever had before. So not only can they watch somebody older and someone that they admire go through a painful breakup and all of that heartache but then they can also see all of the hard work that goes into big projects and big moves and how to accomplish goals in that kind of way so I know that as parents YouTube can be scary <laughs> especially some of the videos that I see my kids watching it, uh, it doesn't make sense to me whatsoever but ask them about the YouTubers that they follow do your own recon and see what you can find out about these people also right it's important for us to know what they're looking at and it can be so difficult because there's so many things they're looking at but know that if they're following like straight up YouTubers and not so much of the gamer youtubers but like even the vlogger types or like the big old school um youtubers that started back in the day like they have gone through a lot of shit and because they are in the public eye they also have to <laughs> deal with that and they make videos about that shit too and so your kids can be learning so much about so many different feelings and scenarios just online. And I didn't tell you that to scare you, but at the same time to give you a little bit of hope that they could be picking up some great things online. So just ask them. Ask them who their favorite YouTubers are and why they enjoy following them. What is something that they've learned about a YouTuber they follow? Have they shown any vulnerability in their videos before? What have they learned from that? What does that show them? What has that taught them? Ask those types of questions. See what you get. I have learned a lot from my kids by just asking that. And just by showing a little bit of interest in something that they are interested in. Oh man, this conversation turned into a two-hour thing. And I didn't even think it would. 
But again, they want to teach us things. And this was such an easy way to do so. And again, I was able to flex my empathy muscle for them through this also. So don't be frightened of YouTube. Let it be your guide and your mentor as well. Because our kids are spending a lot more time with these people than with us sometimes. So I want to know what they're talking about and what they're doing. And again, know that it's not always going to be bad things and they can be learning empathy from YouTube also. So that's all I have for you today. I want you guys to practice flexing your empathy muscle this week and hit me up on the blog or on Instagram and I want to know how you have shown empathy for somebody else. It could be big or small. I just want to know what it is. Hit me up at kdcnyyc.com. Also on Instagram, you can hit us up on the podcast Instagram page as well at Big Kid Pod. We're always posting things over there. Instagram is where you will find me most often, especially now that my phone is fixed. Huzzah! So yes, I hope you have a great, great week. Feel all those feelings. Don't be scared. I got you. Talk to you soon.